Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Football. And uh, happy Sunday morning, uh, a rare Sunday morning live stream from us here. Judd was at U.S. Bank Stadium last night, late into the night. You were there, right, at the game? You went to yeah. that game last night? Yep, I actually went to that game. Okay. Oh, yeah, I stayed for the entire thing. I was uh, I was watching from the comfort of my home. A lot to dissect from that game last night, even though it was uh, largely second and third stringers playing. Uh, if you are hanging out with us, thank you for joining us on this Sunday morning. The show is presented by our friends at TCL. No matter what you watch, TCL has award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, all with stunning picture quality. And TCL makes more than just TVs. They offer mobile products, audio devices, and home appliances. TCL brings you joy and simplicity through innovative technology. Learn more at TCL.com. So, wow, preseason football, man. Some of these, like Andy Reid, I think, played chief starters in the second preseason games. And then there's teams like the Vikings that are just like, and the Titans, nah, whatever. Malik Willis, you can just, you can play 10 quarters. We don't really care. Yeah, I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, when it comes to the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes actually wants to play some, which I think mm-hmm. puts them in a little bit of a pickle. My, I'm not sure Andy Reid loves it, but if Patrick Mahomes says, I'm going to play, it's sort of hard to say, no, you're not going to play if that's part of your preparation. But yeah, the definite new thing now is joint practices followed by nothing. You don't play players like that's that's the thing. And in fact, O'Connell pretty much confirmed last night that they're going to go. He said they're going to give the starters even more reps than they did against the Titans in that heat, which is supposed to be Wednesday. Like, I think a feel like Temple 103. He said, I'm going to give the starters even more there. That that was the plan. And we're not going to deviate from said plan. Uh, and then in saying that said, basically, ain't no one going to play again on Saturday. So, yeah, the preseason, you know, it's gone from sort of a tune up like your starters in game one would play a series in game two, they might play two in game three. They played extensively sometimes into the third quarter. It's gone from a tune up to, okay, the joint practices are our tune up now. And in the Vikings case, we are going to take a look at a, a lot of guys, but preseason has never been like important in, in the sense of wins and losses. 
but my, like making any judgments it now is damn near impossible. There, there's a lot of takeaways on backup type of guys, but as I, I saw our friend Kevin Seifert of ESPN tweeted today, if that offensive line has to start, the Viking season is basically done. <laughs> the, no, well, the, the, the backup five? The yeah. offensive line that we saw last night. So, oh, God, yeah, the yeah. Vikings have now lost, by the way, nine consecutive preseason games. Yeah. Kevin, o- Kevin O'Connell has one more preseason loss that, than he does regular season loss. And I believe wow. that their last win was the um, – I think they won three in a row in 2019 before that they lost their last game, and that was their last win. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's sort of funny, but, again, who cares? Yeah, they yeah. yeah they haven't won a preseason game in four so they're yeah four years they're oh is it oh for nine you said yeah, yeah. 2020 was uh That's was right. they didn't play was any. voided out they didn't play a yeah. preseason game in 2020 so yeah they have not won uh since since the decade what started they have not won a preseason game yeah that is you know what if they want to keep winning 13 games in the regular yeah, exactly. season who cares so we'll get to Amen. your uh, your camp notes from the preseason game. I have some from just watching on TV, and uh, and there was there was an interesting piece of roster news that came out yesterday. It, it came out the Vikings haven't announced it, but we'll get to a signing that's interesting. A couple quick notes here for you guys. So we have we're just on this Sunday. We are wrapping up uh, at midnight here later on tonight. I guess midnight Sunday into Monday is when uh, the bidding and the buying ends for our first annual Power of Sports auction, benefiting the Courage Kenny Rehabilitation Institute. And uh, you guys have helped us raise well over the $10,000 that we set out to raise last Monday. So thank you for that. A couple buy it now notes. So we do have two available Pearl Jam VIP suite tickets. That's going to be Thursday, August 31st, inside XL Energy Center. Our guy Declan's going to be hosting that suite, so you can hang out with the Dexter. Maybe uh, put a couple beverages back. Uh, but though, So it's it's a pair. Of t- they're, they're sold in pairs, so there's one pair available. Uh, it's $500 for the pair to sit in a suite. Just an amazing place to watch a concert inside the X. Uh, the, the, the appetizers are comped. So... Those became available over the weekend here. So check them out at scorenorth.com slash bid, scorenorth.com slash bid. And it looks like we have one available ticket left, only one ticket left for the Twins Executive Balcony Hangout with you and I, or you and me, I guess, on Saturday, September 23rd, Twins and Angels. As far as Vikings items up for bids, we've got the Monday Night Football Experience, um, Vikings hosting the Niners, dinner, very, very good seats in the lower bowl. And then there's also a dinner, dinner for four with the three of us on Purple Daily is up for bid. So you've got a few hours left here on this Sunday. Scornart.com slash bid. And thank you guys for helping us raise a whole boatload of money for a really good cause here. Um, awesome. What What is your number one takeaway? Let's just start here in the notes from last night's preseason game. Um, so my top takeaway is actually this because like the only thing so so yes there are roster positions at stake here and yes that is important and i get that but i I guess i tried to to watch things through the lens of like what could who could have to play and it would impact this team and i guess my number one takeaway was a guy that we have both defended uh throughout training camp and um Brian O'Neill is supposed to participate in the joint practices against the Cardinals, and he's supposed to be back for the regular season opener September 10th against Tampa Bay. 
But Ole Udo's performance last night, as far as I could tell, watching it in person was inexcusable. Yeah. Um, he was beaten on back-to-back plays for sacks. He had penalties, uh, did not look prepared. He looked he looked a lot like the guy that played guard a few years ago. And, you know, we've talked about the fact that he is a tackle. He's not a guard. And he's a guy that stepped in, in the playoff game for Brian O'Neill last year and was not the problem. So, like, that was an alarm to me because, like, you know, Brian O'Neill's coming off an Achilles, so you cannot just assume it's going to be fine once he's back. Correct, yes. Hopefully it is, but if it's not, what Ole Udo put on film last night is the football, a football people like to say. Can't we're talking about, you can't put that football. mess on tape like he did. Yeah, exactly. He put on tape. So that's my number one takeaway because that's worth being concerned about. Like there's a lot of things last night, you know, that I'm sorry, I can't get worked up about. But that's one that I that's worth being concerned about because that's a guy who, you know, could be this far away from playing. Yeah. And if that's what you get against backups for the most part from the Titans, that's concerning. Like that was it, a terrible performance. It kind of feels like too, even, even just watching the joint. I watched the the full joint practice on Thursday. You watch both joint practices in the trenches, the Titans from first string all the way down to third string. It wasn't like a complete whitewash, you know, but it was the Titans got the better of the Vikings in the trenches is, is my summary from the week. Is that fair to say? It just it looked like even in some of the I know there's they that definitely viral. did in the first one. They definitely did in, in the first one. I think the second one was a little bit better. But I mean, the Titans are great in the trenches, like like they're very good there. And yes, they are better than the Vikings. Yeah, that one. I mean, there's that viral video going around of uh, Garrett Bradbury just getting forklifted in the one on one drills. And I will say John Sullivan came in on Twitter and and chirped about it, and a couple other def- uh, offensive linemen did too. That you would never be put in that exact position, yeah, on an island like that. With you right. would so you're you're and and Boone explained this on the film reviews too that that a a defensive tackle would never be able to get that wide on a center without the other guard giving a punch to the shoulder or something. So, but still, right. like you know, he still got but he still got <laughs> thrown around like he was like right. like like the player was a senior in high school and. Uh, and Garrett was like in sixth grade. Yeah. So like even even going bigger picture than your Ole Udo takeaway, can I can I zoom out even further and say that so far this offseason and from what we've seen in the practices, in the joint practices and in the preseason games, that we don't necessarily feel better about the offensive line than we did last season or at the end of last season going into free agency. Um. Yeah, I think there's still questions. I don't marks. I don't feel better like about I, it, I guess. Like I yeah, I mean I think we feel good about the tackles, which we should, and ap- after that they didn't do a thing. So yes. I mean I mean I think it's very fair to be concerned there. I, I think that that is an entirely fair uh thought process that and and look, I mean, w- whether they like it or, or not, when um when you bring in uh Reisner for a workout or for a, a, a chat, I guess they didn't really work him out. You know, that's uh that's an indication that they don't tr- uh, trust it completely. Yeah. You know, Ed Ingram went from not playing great against Seattle and being the only starter to play to not playing last night. Uh, you know, I guess my question is, what did Ed Ingram do to deserve the night off? You know, oh, he's a starter. Well, OK, yeah. ordinarily that that's because, well, Ed Ingram, we know exactly what we have. So, yes, I think that that's fair. But I just. I didn't think Udo would look that awful a tackle. 
he looked terrible at guard, but he wasn't a guard. I didn't yep. think he would look that awful. But like yeah. that perfor- that performance, I thought was alarming because I don't, you know, guard and center play. I'm sure as Boone has talked about, is pretty hard to assess at times because you know there can be stunts from the defense. You can you cannot know what you're watching. Like like a guard can get beat and it can be the center's fault or vice versa. Tackles are on an island. So like when Ole Udo gets his ass whooped, that's not a, I don't think that's a, well, but the guard was supposed to come in. That's him. So that was my takeaway was I'm not nearly as confident if something happens to Brian O'Neill that his backup is as good as I thought. Yeah. And you know what, Ole? Okay. Ole, I want, if, if you're watching this, if you're listening to this, okay, we've had your back, you know, Everyone, everyone was out on you after your bad season at guard. And we were here all last year. We were here all throughout the offseason, the preseason to say, hey, I you even saw me. I talked to I talked a fan off the ledge at practice like two weeks ago. I know he was like, why is Ole Udo still on the roster? I'm like, no, he's actually a pretty good tackle. He's more athletic. It's more of a natural position. Not last night. It's embarrassing for us to stick our reputations on the line like this. And then you get drummed in a preseason game against backups. I mean, Ole. Help us help you, okay? Yes, we, exactly. Help us help you. Can <laughs> so I give the Can I give the second one. note? Actually, we maybe we can alternate. Yeah, of um, I thought uh, let's 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 uh, let's go to the defensive side here. There's a couple places we could go here, but really interesting that Lewis Seen was playing in the second half of another preseason game. But I totally get it. This is I, I almost feel like this is all hands on deck emergency mode. This guy's got to get some defensive reps. He's got to get used to what he's looking at. There was a couple really bad plays where he just wasn't in the right spot, but he also made a couple in the second half. Malik Willis, it was like him and, and Malik Willis, who's one of the most athletically gifted quarterbacks in the NFL, and it's one-on-one at the four-yard line or whatever it was, and Lewis Seen made a great tackle to stop Malik Willis. So there was a couple instances where you did see his instincts, his athleticism, but then there's some others where it looks like he's lost or he's you know, he's on the wrong end of a play or whatever it is. But I guess my observation is it's very clear how they feel about Lewis scene. He is not ready to be taking a night off in a second preseason game. He's not ready to be sitting at the top of the depth chart or even maybe in the second line of the depth chart. They're trying to get him as many reps as possible here. It's a cram session before the season starts basically for him. His and O'Connell sort of tried to uh, gloss o- over it, which was not surprising. But his missed tackle on the Spears' 33-yard touchdown run was awful. Like he has here's here's my problem, in my opinion, in watching scene play. His resume screams that his technique and his instincts are incredibly flawed. And I think those are things that make a safety great. Like Harrison Smith, the starting point of why he's great. Or why why Josh Metellus, who, by the way, didn't have to play last night because he's basically con- considered a starter, um, or Cam Bynum, what makes them effective, I think, number one, is their football smarts, and then it's what they do with that. But, you know, when Spears, I mean, Seen literally came in, put his head sort of down before he wrapped uh, Spears up, Spears leaped him yeah. like it was a high school play. Like, like, like that's this is the NFL, folks. You've got you've got to make that stop. And you saw what happens when you don't. Um, because I Spears, saw Spears no- looks like it look, look, looks like a dude, by the way. He was available yeah. for a lot of teams to draft, and but that's man. what 
but again, that you know, that's where I put a lot of stock in things. First half preseason game, at least it's guys that aren't probably slappies playing, right? And I, yes, seen led the Vikings in tackles last night, which means nothing really. And yes, he had a sack. And yes, some people said, well, he came back and played well. But I still saw a guy who in coverages, in, in, in that instance of tackling, which is incredibly important, lacks the fundamental instincts to get on the field for Brian Flores. Because yeah. if he did, he would have the Metellus job. So I struggle with that one. Now, now seen did play into the second half. Um, and actually, in fairness, to start the third quarter, Joan Williams and Andrew Booth did as well. So, like, they were playing guys, which I applaud. Those guys need to play. But all of that being said, I'm very torn on the scene thing because the more I watch him, the more I see why coaches, they might say the right things, Phil, but I don't think they trust him, and I don't think that, that they should. That's a position on which you need to trust a guy. Yeah. Yeah, it's just um, I, my guess is special teams for him to start the season. Right. There's that kind of that's kind of where yeah, this is tracking. But like, can you get here? Here's my question. And it's sort of rhetorical. Can you get football smarts? Like he seems to lack football. I mean, he looks like a really good athlete. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I think at that position, it's a it's a big. And the other thing that's always going to be there is the broken leg. Right. How? But I, th I think the issues that we're talking about aren't. Oh, man, he's lost a step because of the nope. broken leg. Right. It's. It's stuff. It's like he's there to make the play, or he's, or he's, you know, sniffing up the wrong tree or whatever it is. I, I just think at that position, if it takes you, if you're going to draft a safety in the first round, and it takes you more than two years to figure out how to come anywhere near being a starter, it's a whiff. Right. It's a bad draft pick. I agree. I agree. And and look, I mean, if you were, here's. It, Here's the thing that, that bugs me, too. If you were that intent on drafting a safety in, in the first round, and FYI, that would not be my choice. Well, like, if I'm going by positional value of first-round picks, because safeties, like, Bynum and Metellus are, are key examples, right, of, like, very smart guys, but they don't have to go in the first round. So my thing is, if you were really going to draft a safety, like, if that's what we got to get one, Kyle Hamilton was there at 12. Now, I might have disagreed with that, too, but at least you know what you're going to get far more there, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, this is where, like, I understand the value charts and I understand all of those things, but sometimes you can get too cute. And it appears that the start of the problem of the scene pick was they got cute, and I'm with you. I think a safety becomes a, a bad draft pick, a bad first-round pick pretty quick. If, if he does not start, you know, there's probably certain positions at which we could be incredibly patient. Yeah. Uh, I don't think safety qualifies as one where patience is ordinarily necessary. You either have it or you don't. And you're right right now. I mean, he is trending to being like a special teams guy. Now it's possible. Quasey would come back and say, well, but using the 12th pick on a safety is also bad. If you're going to draft a safety in the first round, you might as well get an extra second round pick and then draft late in the first round because they, they, they might have said based on everything you just said that we weren't going to take Kyle Hamilton at 12. So it wasn't like it was Kyle Hamilton or Lewis seen, but just to, just to play that out for a second, the trade was move back 20 spots and pick up um, the 32, the third, but then they also gave up the 46, but they, so they got the 32, the 34 and the 66 and then they moved and, back. Right. So yes. was it basically they traded 
they traded the 12 more or less for Lewis Seen and Andrew Booth? Yes. I think that's it. Would but you rather have, have Lewis Seen and Andrew Booth and play? But, th- but their logic was we'd rather have two cracks at top 50 picks right. than one. Or, 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 but it wasn't one because they had the 46th pick. And I would tell them, there's really no justifying it. No, because there's two things that I, I would tell, tell them. One is, one is I understand if it is a late first round pick trying that, but this was 12. Like your crack at 12, by the way, you should make that pick and you should not miss. Like 12 should not be a miss. It has been, but it should not be. The second thing is if, if they told me, well, hey, guess what? We wouldn't have, drafted a safety at 12 so screw off i would have said that's what i wanted to hear i didn't want you to draft a safety at 12 i didn't want you taking a safety in the first round yeah so but anyway um that was i i am with you i hope he develops i just don't know i don't know if the the position he plays again that you can get the football smarts that i think it takes to play and and phil as we've both seen too there is no question the brian flores defense starts with in a lot of positions, how smart are you? Yeah. Like, like there's no like, oh, you'll just get by. Yep. There's a lot. You're asking. He's asking a lot of guys. And it starts up upstairs. It doesn't start, you know, he, with, with ability. It starts with, do you have the ability and the intelligence? And Flores even said after the joint practice on Thursday, he said he likes to let the players make checks and make calls because it kind of empowers them. He wants them to be so comfortable it's it's it can be complicated what he's asking those guys to do. So he's not just like treating them all as chess pieces and he's telling them where to go. He's asking. I mean, that's I mean, hell, Ivan Pace had the green dot in the first preseason game. Undrafted free agent, right? So yeah, he is definitely uh he's definitely looking for guys to be able to, you know, make their own decisions and identify where they're supposed to be. So it's still a, a long road for for Lewis scene. All right, what's mm-hmm. next in your in your notes uh this is not gonna be a popular opinion and and this is this is um so i saw this from the press box last night and watching football live from the press box is ordinarily not what I, i would consider an advantage like there's a lot of things on tv that i miss not not watching it um but i saw something that i think is worth broaching and i am just broaching this okay so don't I'm the message. This is a this is a long preamble. Yeah. For this. this is going to be a doozy. I feel like. Well, it's it's going to be a it's going to be a new take. I don't want to call it hot. It's going to be a new take. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I have and we have raved about this guy, and I think he's going to make the team, and I think he might start. But Ivan Pace Jr. because of his size, he is he is an energizer bunny, works his ass off. Very clear. In the run game, because of his size, though he can get taken out fairly quickly and it's a little bit concerning. That's why he didn't get drafted. Yes. Um, There are times that, and and again, just to be very clear, this is not about want, because I don't want this to become oh, he's not good. And I don't think he tries harder. Right. Mm -hmm. So just to be very, uh, just articulate this as clearly as possible. He, he is a very impressive player for his size, but he didn't get drafted because when I watch him, in the run game, and he's away from the ball, so he's not on the TV camera. If he gets blocked, it's pretty easy to get him out of the play. 
And that doesn't mean he won't continue pursuit. It does mean that if it's a that if it's a you know let's say let's say he is trying to prevent it, it's um, third down and six. Okay, he might get in on the tackle after the guy gains seven, but it's hard for him to get there at five. If that mm-hmm. makes sense, he, to get off the block once he's blocked because of that size, yeah. I think it's going. I think it's going to be somewhat of an issue. Because you know, speed is his is his uh, forte. It's not Jordan Hicks' forte, but that speed can be preempted by blockers. And watching last night gave me a little bit more of an appreciation for what the problems might be. And I don't know there's getting around it consistently. So I saw a couple of those instances in the first preseason game where you know he had a bunch of great plays in that game, but there was two or three other times where like a, a tackle would get out to the second level and yes. it would just be a hundred pounds bigger than him. And he would yep. just get swallowed up because he doesn't have the length and, and he, he doesn't have the size necessarily to take those on and get off. So that is definitely something to watch. I've seen a couple of people here in the YouTube comment section suggest that, well, maybe there's a between ground. Maybe he's a, a defensive sub package guy. Maybe he's cause he, cause he does a great job blitzing too. So maybe he's a guy that you bring in, on third down and eight or third down and 12 and you send him right like maybe he's not an 800 snap guy but he's like a 300 snap guy or something i wonder if there is a world in in which um in which to that point we see hicks and die as the base inside linebackers and then pace in the role that you just talked about Mm -hmm. yeah i could see that so, but it, but anyway, I'm Pace is going to make the team. I'm not down on him. It was just an interesting observation from the uh, press box. In Purple Pocket Podcast, Purple Pocket, Purple Pocket Podcast, Purple Pro, Pocket Podcast. No, I don't know. Don't even want to try. It's Sunday morning. It says Pace is a dog. You're wrong, Judd. His main skill is shedding blocks. But I would say, like, whatever your main skill is in college at Cincinnati might not translate to the NFL. So there, there was. I, I would just say, like, and I'm with you. I, I think Lewisine for sure makes the team. I think he plays snaps on on the defensive side, but there's also a reason why 32 teams passed oh, on him over. What did I pace. say? Scene. Sorry, pace. Sorry, pace. Okay. There's a reason why 32 teams passed on him seven times, right? Seven yes. rounds. And and look to his credit, I mean Brian Osmo is still out. Okay. So, so like, if, if you want to sound a real alarm, where is Brian Asamoah? And what's wrong? Because we still don't know. If you want to sound a real alarm, 33 is the concern. But, yeah, there's a there's a difference between shedding blocks playing for the Bearcats and yeah. shedding blocks on Sunday when the kick is at noon. Yeah. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom. And it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Okay, I have a take. I have a take. It's not quite as hot as your Ivan Pace is worthless uh, take. I, just knew, I, I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> um, my take is Jaron Hall deserved better last night. I thought Jaron Hall was much more calm, much more poised, willing to sit in the pocket a little bit longer, 
He did. There was a third down pass. Actually, it was like the third drive, or maybe it was the second drive in the second half, where it's like third down and eight or whatever it was, and he drops back. He still doesn't fully understand what he's looking at, but then there's some times where they'll show the all twenty-two, and it's like literally no one's open because it's second and third string skill position players that can't get separation. And he moves a step to his left and up and throws up where the tight end was. But an actual like top echelon pass catcher or a Justin Jefferson catches that pass. The yeah. first drive. Now was he Drew Brees? You know, 2009 pinpoint accurate on these throws? Not necessarily. But Blake Prohl dropped two passes, one on third down, oh. that should have extended the drive. So I'm not saying that Jaron Hall is the next coming of uh, you know R- you know Russell Wilson from 10 years ago, moving around right. and keeping plays alive. But I thought he looked a lot better and just got no help from his pass catchers. Sports are funny too because and and it's I, it's not surprising, but it's just it what makes it's what makes sports weird. Blake Prohl in Egan. That Blake Prohl back in the suburbs has been fantastic. Yeah. Guys caught everything, right? Yeah. He goes downtown on a Saturday night to party it up and he's butterfingers. Like, isn't bad. sports funny? That was really bad. But, you know, like, couldn't, yeah, guys, couldn't handle the pressure of uh, I don't know you know, 42,000 people him. inside U.S. Bank. I Stadium. felt bad because I, I, since we didn't do event line last night, went in the locker room post game and I saw him and he was so dejected. And I felt bad for him because I'm sure he's a great kid. But yeah, yeah it's just I mean, so he, weird. Dude, that's the type of thing like you drop those two passes. I mean, he that's wasn't going to make the team anyways, but your NFL career is over because you dropped those two passes. Right? I mean, well, that's not an exaggeration. And you've had this really solid training camp. I don't want to say great. That's exaggerating, right? But, I mean, we've seen him make some nice catches. He's made some really good catches. So it's just – it's just weird the venue shifts because it's not like it's not like the Titans. I mean, he was not going against the Titans first teamers. So literally the venue shifts, the lights go on, and he goes from, hey, great training camp to, uh, dude, you got to catch that ball. It's There's some nerves because obviously like that tape – that, that exists in the preseason game is available for all the other teams mm-hmm. that might claim you off waivers or whatever. Mm-hmm. So those guys, there's probably a little bit more of a, an elevated heart rate when you're playing in the preseason games, even though the reps you're getting in practice are just as important to making your current team. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I thought, I don't know. Again, I, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to say like Jaron Hall is ready to step into an NFL game, but last week and the offensive line was a train wreck last week too. It just looked like, Holy cow! Bail out, roll out, run for your life, throw the ball away. We didn't. We didn't get to see anything from Jaron Hall. We got to see some stuff, and two or three drops. It just wasn't. wasn't uh, Wasn't the right night for him, I guess. Yeah, and I. I think as as we have, because uh, he he does. I do like his accuracy. Like he he does not have a cannon for an arm, but he definitely I think has some touch. If that's the right word, like you you could tell he could put some touch on, on some passes. But I mean, I think we've been very realistic about this is he's a fifth round pick and you know it he is a pro, he is nothing more than a project which is absolutely fine we, we should talk about this so <clears throat> what's the theory on why they would bring in uh uh what the dc defenders quarterback from the xfl yeah. so jordan i believe it's pronounced jordan uh ta'amu who was a okay, two-year yeah. starter i believe at ole miss so he's had a really interesting journey i guess he let's see I think he's like 26 now. He's gonna be he's gonna be 26 years old in December. Six foot three, two a big guy. Six foot three, 215 pounds. He was the 2023 XFL Offensive Player of the Year. 
at Ole Miss in 2017, 2000. So 2018, he played a full season as the Ole Miss starting quarterback. 4,000 yards passing, nine and a half yards per attempt. So some big numbers in college. And then he, so then he gets gets picked up. He was with the Houston Texans for a minute in 2019. Um, I think he might have been in another camp at some point too, but he's been an XFL USFL guy the last couple of years. And he's done really well. Last year with the DC Defenders, almost 2,000 yards passing in uh, the 10 games he started, 63% completions, which some of that can be, that's pretty low, but like some of that can be the people you're throwing to, whatever. 14 touchdowns, three picks, uh, eight and a half yards per attempt. So I don't know. This feels to me like it's just a, an extra arm in the second half of training camp. Sometimes, Maybe. sometimes teams will have like a fourth quarterback. Yeah, uh, or may, or maybe he becomes like a practice squad guy. Do you think it says anything about Jaron Hall? That's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering. Um, well, first of all, what we don't know is what what's the plan. Just to simplify this as much as possible for Saturday against the Cardinals, like could they start Jaron Hall and play th- this kid? Which I would doubt. It would be quick, but. Um, I mean, it might mean that they think that they can get Jaron Hall through waivers, but I don't know that they would keep this kid. I'm curious about this one. Or you know what? We might find out. Kevin O'Connell just likes to collect quarterbacks and take a look-see. Yeah. Who knows? We we have, you know, when's the last time, I guess it goes back to, and I I don't think that he he was like a, a major development guy himself, but, you know, Dennis Green was the last guy that basically probably was a quarterback type of guy. And and I don't think that he was close to what O'Connell is. Yeah. Childress was supposed to be, but he wasn't. And he also collected them as well. So who knows? Kevin O'Connell might like to collect quarterbacks like some people collect baseball cards. And there are examples historically, you know, Warren Moon being one of them, where you, you start off in a non-NFL league. Now, the USFL back in the 80s, or was it the CFL for Warren Moon? I always confuse it. CFL, it was CFL right? Edmonton Eskimos at the time. So I was going to say the USFL actually had some NFL players. Oh, yeah. Jim Kelly. Yeah, 100%. But, uh, but like, there's there's examples historically, like Warren Moon going from CFL to NFL star, uh, Kurt Warner going from Arena League star to NFL star. But it's pretty rare. It's like once a decade we get a guy that just was not an NFL quarterback at age 22, 23, and then had to go somewhere and figure it out. But they're, but they're basically grabbing the most interesting quarterback prospect from last season's XFL schedule. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. But I, but I just don't, I can't figure it out. I can't figure out if it means a damn thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, I think a question is this, are they planning? Cause they certainly could now with the new rules to keep three quarterbacks and have they decided Jaron Hall's not that guy. And Jaron Hall's more of a practice squad guy and they can actually get him through the waiver process, just lots of questions there. But just to pick up a to pick up that position at this point in camp with a quarterback friendly coach can't be ignored completely. Mm-hmm. Like if this was a tight end or something, I'd be like, um, I I did see a question about why Nikhil Harry did not play last night. It sounds like he aggravated a soft tissue injury um, in in warmups because. He was the one guy, as O'Connell said, that that sat that you're like, why is he not playing? Which hurts him because the again, the one of the most interesting races on this team or competitions is those depth receiver spots. Mm-hmm. Those are really interesting. Now, I will contend, and O'Connell said this again 
yesterday after the game in praising him. I think Brandon Powell has the team made. Now, now on Thursday, it confused folks because Powell was actually used with the second team in the joint practices. But I think that might be as much a nod to we want to see the other guys with the first team. Mm-hmm. You know, Brandon Powell, so he, I think he's going to return punts. In fact, I believe he returned the first two last night. So I think he is beaten out or he has gotten that job now over Jalen Rager. So I think that's a done deal. And I think the other thing is Brandon Powell knows this system really well. So I don't think that, that he needs to prove that at this point. Um, so I think Brandon Powell is receiver four. Rager, my guess, is five, but they clearly like Tristan Jackson, too. And I think Nikhil Harry could have competed there, so yeah. it hurts him that he didn't play. But if you want one of the most interesting like races and competitions, I think the bottom of the depth chart at receiver, and I won't be completely shocked, Phil, if they keep six. They kept five last year. My mm-hmm. guess is they keep five, but I think that there would be a path to six. Hey, just uh, on the running back front, what did you see last night from Ty Chandler all the way down? Dwayne McBride. I love how Dwayne McBride, by the way, every time now he gets tackled, he literally is like cradling. He's He's got the football strapped to his chest like like it's a bomb or something, you know. It's your just, baby. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's got an old school full, fullback, right? Like I, yeah. I recall fullbacks back in, in the day when they carried the football more, you know, would just be like, come take it away from me. Come take it away from me. Um, Ty Chandler, not as impressive last night, certainly as the Seahawks game. Uh, I guess McBride has one thing. He would be a good goal line guy. Is that enough to make the team? In my opinion? No. Yeah. Uh, the Chandler thing, I I'll say this in his defense. The offensive line was not good last night, in my opinion. Like, what did they do? Like, what what did you see? And I'm not saying from a snap by snap, but how, how many plays did you say last night? No, oh, the offensive line looked good there. So it's hard to fault. <clears throat> excuse me. It's hard to fault Chandler. I'm getting choked up. I'm so upset. It's not like Sid Hartman there. Yeah. <laughs> Sunday morning, it's like the sports channel. It's like, what do you do for a living, sir? What he's, do you do? He saw these stiffs. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Chandler not as impressive, but I don't know that that can be blamed on Chandler. I think Chandler right now 1,000% has, has the top backup job wrapped up. I still think McBride gets cut, and I still think he spends – the season here on the practice squad yeah that makes some sense I, I wonder about jaron hall at this point is he a guy that you would you keep a third quarterback on the roster you well, know once well, just back yeah. to the to the ta'amu conversation yeah. would they feel like okay we do want three quarterbacks on the roster but jaron hall is not ready to play in an nfl game in an emergency mm-hmm. ta'amu is a couple years older. He's at least played in, you know, 20 to 25 professional football games, XFL, USFL. He's been on an NFL roster a couple times. Mm-hmm. He played SEC football in college. Like, could you make a case that he's just, if you needed a third quarterback on your roster, I'm just trying to figure out why they would make that signing still. Right. still thinking about that. I wouldn't dismiss that. Like, it, it would be late in the process bring him here but he'd be the third guy so he's got time yeah yeah and plus the other thing i again going back to could could uh koc now be a guy who just collects qbs is 
watching Mullins play like he is a backup. He is he is certainly not the unfortunate train wreck that Sean Mannion looked like before being jettisoned last year. But I also don't see a path to, oh, it'd be fun. It's going to be fun to develop him, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think that there could be. They they also might have decided that Jaron Hall is just so raw that he's not going to get picked up. Yep. So, like, that they can clear him through the waiver process and practice squad him. Because yep. probably in an ideal world, you do that and just spend this, you know, season with the co- the coaches, quarterback coaches, and O'Connell working with him. So yes, I could see I could see a path where they're at least going to take a look see at what you just said. It's just tough to cut a fifth rounder, you know. A fifth if you're if you're cutting fifth round picks and then because the other thing too is once you cut him, you'd like to have him on your practice squad, but he could also go sign with any other team's practice squad, right? The the Vikings don't get exclusive rights to put him on their practice squad. Now, if you're him, you might say, well. Kirk Cousins is a free agent in about seven months from now. Right. And so there might be an opportunity to to step up into like a backup role or something. I don't know. So yep. uh, do you have any other uh, nuggets in your notebook Injury from last night? For you, because un- unfortunately, um, I believe it was the first punt returned by the Titans of the game. Najee Thompson, who, by the way, is a superior Chris Boyd. Because Chris Boyd was a special teams guy, and I thought he became solid. But Thompson made another just great play. I mean, he flies down the field, yeah. makes a tackle. I think the guy gained two yards, unfortunately suffered a concussion, so he, he's in protocol. So my guess is he's not going to see action against the Cardinals this week and probably won't play on Saturday. Uh, but he's got to be a bubble guy, right? Like just as far mm-hmm. as the special teams. I, I mean, that, abil- that ability to get down there. I mean, special teams sucks. It's not fun. And, and he – he seems to embrace it. So he's in concussion protocol. Um, Theo Jackson and Tay Gowan, both defensive backs had minor shoulder injuries. Uh, Theo Jackson's looked bad, but I, but I guess it was not, which is good news. I think Theo Jackson, in my opinion, I think he has moved above scene. Now, whether what that means, I don't know, because to your point, like Lewis scene's not going to be cut. His je- his roster spots in no jeopardy, but Theo Jackson looks the part. And again, I think he's smart. I think he knows exactly what he's doing. He doesn't seem to be in the wrong place a lot. He doesn't seem to be missing tackles. The amount of, that you notice seen at times is a blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm. Cause sometimes you notice, you know, uh, if a guy is incredibly solid, a lot of times you just don't, unless he like gets a sack or something, right? especially on the back end, you don't like notice them a lot. I feel yeah. like I notice seen a lot and it's not always for the right reasons, but Theo Jackson, I think is a player again, who's going to give them at least in the final cuts, something to think about. Yeah. Super interesting. Um, and the final cuts, how quickly after next Saturday's preseason game, is it like Tuesday? Mm-hmm. Okay. There, I believe they, I believe they, the cut down time is 3 PM. If I'm not mistaken, central time on Let's see here. I, I looked it up on the 29th, which would be Tuesday. Okay. Um, most teams, my guess is we'll make some cuts on Monday and Tuesday. Cause they'll probably start. I, I mean, it's 90 to 53. So mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to see one, one cut. I think we're going to see teams break it up a bit, but yeah. So they'll, they'll have, they have two zoom calls. Days. 
two Zoom calls, one for the 53 yeah. and then another one for the, the 37. If you're, if you're on this Zoom call right now, I'm sorry, but... Who's the Turk now? That's my question. Who's the guy that comes around, knocks on the those... Grim you know what the problem is now? The Turk, if, if that's still done, he's doing it at that gorgeous hotel. Oh, you know, yeah, back in the old like walk, days, not, he's like, so it's like the pro football uh, Hall out. of Fame guy, you yes. know, the, that big guy who who yes. knocks on your door. This is like if you get the knock, it means. But can you imagine like it's one thing to to get the knock and in like in the first cut in the old days at Gage, right? Where it's like, good, I'm out of here. This 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 dorm sucks. Now you're in this five star. Yeah, not not comes on the door and you're probably it's checkout. No, like it's probably no, not me, not me, keep, give me your playbook and leave the robe. <laughs> give me your tablet. No, it's yes. my tablet. <laughs> and leave the towels. <laughs> this, no, I want the towels. I want the robe. I want the sandals. Ah. Uh, all right. There you go. Those are notes from the, the second preseason game here. Uh, so we actually... It's just I don't know the, the timing's weird for us next Saturday. We're part of we're part of uh, Hubbard Day, uh, Hubbard Radio uh, Day at the State Fair next Saturday. So we're actually going to be live at the Minnesota State Fair while the preseason game is going on next Saturday at one o'clock. So if you're not going to the Vikings game and you'd like to come hang out with us at Carousel Park on that big stage, cool. we will be live at one o'clock. Who starts a new? Who plays noon on a Saturday? <laughs> well, I know it's uh. And also, who schedules us to do a podcast at one o'clock? Probably me. I think I was the one that greenlit that without checking the schedule. But so I guess I'm fired. But uh, we'll have more details about that throughout turn the week playbook. here. Yeah, turn in my uh, Score North playbook. So yeah, thanks for hanging out with us here on this Sunday morning. Those are uh, Judd's camp notes from the second preseason game. This is Daily Vikings Entertainment. Please click the subscribe button and the like button on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. And also, if you could give us a five-star rating and a positive... We're almost up to 1,000 reviews on Apple Podcasts. It'd be cool to get to 1,000. Uh, nice. And thank you guys for making this one of the most popular football podcasts in America. We will see you guys tomorrow on Purple Daily, where we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. <laughs>